The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. That's to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Volani. Of course, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. I see Dr. Marty Becker is going to be on the show today talking about laser therapy. I'm not, not quite sure how that applied. What is laser therapy, Doc? Uh, well, it's hard to describe concisely, but it's a process called uh, delivers photobiomodulation. And it basically helps Whoa. to stimulate um, cell repair, decrease inflammation and pain. And, and it's used in a lot of applications from surgeries to chronic illness and uh, arthritic problems. So is it heat? It's actually a cold laser. So oh. um, depending on the strength and how deep um, the laser penetrates it kind of depends on how uh, powerful it is but there's um uh, it's it's actually it just generates a little bit of warmth in the area after pets are treated but it feels good it feels very comfortable um i can tell from experience <laughs> well, do you do you use it on yourself or um and no. not officially no is this a, a pretty new tool for you or is it uh, how long has it been around well, in my practice, we've had it a few years, but it's actually been around for um, quite a while, and um, it's used in sports and athletes. They use it to help uh, repair uh, their injuries so they can get back on the field, the court, whatever, and, and get back to be a high-performance athlete. And we can use it for our pets as well just to help get them back on the road and, and running. Well, we'll find out more about it with Dr. Marty Becker in just a few minutes. Joey, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about um, cats and kittens and when they get grease on them, what's safe to get it off. The first thing I would think of is Dawn because yeah. that's what, isn't that what they get all the grease and all oil the, off of the uh, birds, birds after the oil? oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's more of extreme cases here. Oh. You know, let's let's stick with something. Let's stick with something a little bit more safe. Okay, that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Hey, Debbie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. And yourself? Good, dueling Debbies. Oh, look <laughs> I out. like it. <laughs> what's up? Well, I have a question about bloodhounds. All right. Do you yeah. have them? Oh, we have six dogs. Oh, um, my gosh. And they're all bloodhounds? No, we actually have three beagles, a black lab, and a one-year-old bloodhound, and a 12-week-old bloodhound. Holy cow, you have a house full. <laughs> yeah, plus a, plus a two-year-old, or I mean, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh. God help us. <laughs> yes. But, so what's um, going on with your dogs, then? My husband wanted to know, are bloodhounds always that affectionate? Because this blood, one, our oldest bloodhound, she is like a lover. It's funny because we'll be cooking, and my husband will actually put an apron on her, and she looks like she's <laughs> cooking in the kitchen with us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when you say, she, what's she doing that she's so affectionate? She puts her paws on you and constantly wants, she, like, hugs you. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, as a breed, they are a very uh, loving, uh, gentle breed. Um, She may be taking it a little bit too far, perhaps, um, especially with the jumping, because that can be an undesired um, attention-seeking behavior that a lot of dogs do, just because they want us to be close to them, to be involved, paying attention to them. But in general, yeah, I do find that a lot of our bloodhounds are, um, in addition to that wonderful baying that they do, (laughs) there are other big Also known because the 12-year-old, or the 12-week-old bloodhound we have, <clears throat> um, we actually got her from a breeder in Ohio. And I guess her eyelids are brushing her eyes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They can have some real problems with that where yeah, cause they can have their eyelids on, to, on on Tuesday for it. Okay. Are they just doing an eye tacking? I believe so. Okay. So, yeah, so we're talking about entropion, which is where the eyelids roll in and actually the hairs will scratch against the cornea surface causing injury and ulcers. So in a very young pup, just under, you know, just a couple of months of age, often we'll just do attacking, which is just kind of a quick uh, suturing technique where we just kind of pull the lid and just suture it to the skin lower so that it kind of rolls away from the eye. And this hopefully will give us some time as she grows into her skin folds yeah. so that um, once that kind of expands and her face grows, we won't hopefully have um, the same problem. But some dogs do go later to end up needing more permanent solution of permanent surgery. Okay, and what's your opinion about doing stem cell transplants on dogs? For what purpose? Um, our black lab, and I swear like all of our dogs must find our house because they have disabilities and we put all mm-hmm. this money out and fix them, but our black uh-huh. lab um, at her shoulder, they said there's a growth plate that never fused together, uh-huh. and when she walks, she walks bow-legged. Well, she had surgery, and they rounded out those bones at her shoulder, but they said now she has arthritis really bad, and she is on desiccated mm-hmm. fish oil, but they were talking about doing stem cell. You know, it is a new therapy, and it's not something that um, that we use as a, a routine therapy. I actually looked at this for my old lab several years ago, and we were going to do it, but what I didn't like about it is that it did require um, a tissue harvest. So we had to do um, a fat tissue harvest, which meant a surgery for her. So I wasn't on game with that. So um, it may have some place. And, uh, you know, if you're um, going to a facility where they can do this, um, you know, it, it would certainly be something to try. But for me, I try some of the more basic therapies before we get to that. Um, uh-huh. uh, laser therapy um, can be a wonderful thing for all sorts of different arthritic joint type disorders. And I yeah. use that uh, just about every day in my practice for pets, not just post-injury, but also those with chronic um, arthritis or chronic um, orthopedic injuries. Yeah, she did so that can be water really therapy one. and like she's on desiquin the fish oil but they said if they do the stem cell that's something she might need done over and over again and it, that they wanted like fifteen hundred dollars just for one time to do it yeah and, and that's one other thing that when you were looking at cost factors and this the efforts to go into this um you know if you if you've got laser therapy at a practice nearby i mean it is relatively cheap it doesn't require anesthesia the dogs love it and it can be a great way to kind of augment with other therapies and i don't know if it doesn't sound like she's on any other traditional anti-inflammatories or pain relievers but those are other things that we can look at doing things like tramadol well, or gabapentin tramadol, like if we see okay. she's limping more that she can get tramadol i guess it's 50 milligrams up to four times uh-huh. a day yeah yeah and so that yeah that's it that's a, a lot well, good, good. And then if you, um, if she's in good health and able to be taking a non-steroidal pain reliever, that can be very helpful for some dogs as well. Okay. So. Okay, well, thank you. 
Okay, good luck with that crew. My goodness, you got your hands full. <laughs> oh, that, that's why I'm a stay-at-home mom and with the dogs and the kids, but I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for calling today, Debbie. The number is one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. We go to Rick. Hey, Rick, what's up? Uh, got a a Maine Coon, a, a, a Maine Coon cat. That, uh, oh, Maine Coon. Uh, excuse me, Maine Coon. A man uh, is it? Is it a Maine Coon? I think it's a Maine doctor. Is it a Maine Coon? It's yeah, Maine Coon, like Maine, like the state. Maine. Yeah, it's okay, a Maine it's a big coon. cat. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's from uh, Cedar Springs, Michigan. It was a feral cat, a barn cat. Uh, we got him, and then we got his sister from uh, another father. I think I'm pretty sure. And uh, but he's uh, he's a he's a big cat, and she's just a small little little beautiful little cat. They're both beautiful cats, but uh, had them both declawed. And they both both had their shots and everything, and. Uh, but uh, he's going on two years old, and he he loves to bite. And when he bites, uh, he he leaves a, a a mark. I mean, he leaves pain. <laughs> oh, okay. What's what seems to be happening before he bites you? Um, if you pet him on his head and stuff, you know. Um, my wife's got it all down. She um uh says when he starts wagging his tail and his ears go back, says watch out, he's getting ready to bite. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's and absolutely. I, I think he's just. I think he's just playing because one day on the porch, uh, these. By the way, these cats they live like kings. Uh, they've got a a door that I installed in the in the double hung window that she won't tell me how much she paid for it. Uh, <laughs> that that, uh, that they go in and out of, and they're very good at it. And uh, but uh, I was sitting on the porch one day, and he lunged over at my leg and bit my leg and ran. So he, I, I'm thinking he's just playing. But uh, it hurts. Okay. Well, the the lowdown on cat aggression is that there are a lot of different triggers and a lot of different underlying causes for aggression. So, for instance, some of the most common causes of cats biting people um, can be play-related aggression. So they're actually playing with you, and then it just goes too far, and they bite you. Um, there's also uh-huh. what we call there's what we call petting intolerance. So you're petting your cat, thinking everything's going great, and they become overstimulated, and then they lash oh, yeah. out and bite you. There's other things. Uh-huh. There's you know fear. There's some status related kind of dominant stuff, um, redirected right. aggression. So something kind of startles them or upsets them, and you're the closest thing. So the challenge is to find out in the particular kitty situation what might be the problem. What's the trigger, if you will? So if it's right. something, and and I'm going to simplify things quite a bit here. If it's just something as simple as you're petting this cat and then he bites you, then um, that for me is shame on you. Because <laughs> for cats, oh, yeah. There, yeah, sure. there, is a, sure. there is a fine line. Cats aren't dogs. They don't like to be um, petted for uh, long right. periods of time. They and become the overstimulated. So when your wife says, yeah, all these things are physically happening, the tail is swishing back and forth, you know, the ears are going back, the eyes are squinting, is looking side to side, that is your, your signal that you need to stop. He, he bit our house, uh, our, our, our cleaning lady here a few weeks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is getting serious. So he's go, and I, I think once again he was just playing, you know. And uh, there was a time when I drank a bottle of red wine, and he and I got into it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so Rick, I'm going to tell you the, the things that you can do to help out the situation are going to be definitely to anticipate what triggers these problems, and you may need to keep a log, keep it track of it in a little notebook 
what situations uh-huh. are happening. What happened to the maid before this happened? You know, or is it always when you're like walking down the hallway and he wants attention? And then we have to address those situations. You, so if a cat just, is attacking you, just, you, you just hit one of the triggers right there. He'll attack you when you're walking down the hallway. He, he lunged at my wife one time and left a bruise on her leg. Yeah, and and you know what? It's they're very similar in dogs in that they'll do negative behaviors for attention. So he wanted uh-huh. your attention. You probably screamed. You said, "Hey, stop that!" And and he got what he wanted. So the trick is for a cat that does that kind of thing, that kind of attacks when you're walking down the hallway. You have to be prepared for a diversion. So we can't and, discipline and we cats. And we are. I mean, my wife will bust his ass just as I will. You know, part of my language. <laughs> Swat him on the butt. You know. And- Nope, nope, uh, stop that. Stop it right now. You cannot do that. Cats are not dogs. So as soon as you respond with uh, physical corrections with a cat, you are escalating things. So you you cannot swat at them. You cannot chase them. You cannot do anything physically that's going to help. It's only going to make it worse because their excitement and their anxiety level goes higher. So the strategy that you need to do when you have a cat that is prone to attacking you down the hallway, coming after you, you have to have a redirection. Now, some cats we can do clicker training with so that if you want to get their attention you can actually train them to the little clickers and use that as like a food based reward so you train them to the clicker um, at other times and then you give them a toy or a treat or something like that and then with time you repeat that repeat that behavior and you can look at this online there's some great videos online it's really quite interesting Um, you train Uh them to the clicker and that becomes something that you can kind of collect their attention. So if you see that kitty's kind of stalking you down the hallway, you get the clicker, you got the clicker, and a lot of them will just kind of click right out of it. And they're like, oh, I got a treat. Or the other tricks you can do are actually to have a cat toy or have a food item on your person. And if you're in those situations, use that as a distraction or a diversion. Um, I do not recommend using water squirt guns to squirt your cats in the face if they're aggressive and doing these type of things. That, too, will escalate the situation. So, And, uh, yeah, there are some cats. I will admit that we have a lot of problems with this, and I do use my pheromones, the scent hormones, to kind of help make a happy cat household. one 405 8405 It's toll-free to the Dream Team here at Animal Radio. Before we move on, I must tell you, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. I got really tired of wasting my money on giant boxes of litters that, w- that wouldn't last, like the clay stuff, the dusty clay stuff, last about a week or so. Then Judy turned me on to World's Best Cat Litter. I tell you, once you try this stuff, you're hooked. You can't go back to that other stuff. I think I change mine out every 30 days or so. You can learn more at their website, tryworldsbest.com. And thank you so much, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. You know canine caviar for their great 
great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. You've helped make Lumber Liquidators North America's largest specialty retailer of hardwood flooring. To say thanks, we've made unbelievable price cuts on top quality floors at our customer appreciation sale. It's your chance to get prefinished hardwood for just 99 cents. And Strand Bamboo, our most durable bamboo from an incredible 149. Plus deals on 400 beautiful floors, including quality laminate from 49 cents and 24 months special financing. You trust our value. We value your trust. So get to the customer appreciation sale today. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. Oh, hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. What's on your mind? Uh, my dog, two years old, uh, lab mix. Around her tail is she's been chewing on it, scratching and all that. She's got it raw with the the, the hair missing. And is she? You said she's losing hair. Is that at like her rump area, right in front of the tail? Not really on the tail, but where the tail joins her body. Okay. You know? and is the rest of her fur okay? Any other patterns? Uh, no, that's the only bear spot she has. How old is she? She's two. Well, you're just getting into the fun, uh, quieting down years <laughs> for Labradors. <laughs> oh, she's a lot of fun, yeah. Well, I just laugh because I have two Labradors and one's perpetually uh, a two-year-old. So, <laughs> But uh, with her having that itchiness, does it seem better, worse at any time of the year or is it, has it been kind of an ongoing issue? It just started like maybe two weeks ago. In that area on the on the kind of the rump right in front of the tail, that's a prime area for fleas and for flea dermatitis. Um, so I would definitely want to make sure that we're addressing um, really vigilant flea control because even one little bite from those critters can send a dog with a flea allergy into the itchies for weeks. Um, so that would be one of the first things I'd want to make sure that we're doing a good flea program with. And you can kind of lift up the hair, and if you kind of push the hair backwards, sometimes you can actually see evidence of fleas, and, and that may be what we call flea dirt, where you see, like, looks like pepper almost under the under the hair coat. Um, the for is, the itch. I, I haven't seen a flea on her at all. Yeah, and, and it can be hard. I mean, these little guys are, the fleas are pretty tiny, so, um, you know, you might not see them, but, you know, look for that flea dirt. You know, if you see that and you don't see any critters, it means they're still there. Now, you know, outside of fleas, there's a lot of other things we could be looking at, and um, Labrador is our dog that we see a lot of problems with allergies and skin-related problems of all sorts. Um, so anything from yeast infection in Labradors is very common, but allergies, where they're just having Having, um, almost like a hypersensitivity where they're scratching, they're itching. For mild itching for allergies, I'm a fan of using, you know, antihistamines. Um, and you'd want to, you know, talk to your veterinarian about the right dosage and so forth. But that would be something like doggy Benadryl. 
And then ultimately, we might even look at her diet. Um, it's a little less common to have just an all-of-a-sudden problem with a food allergy. But um, for some dogs, and Labradors are a breed, we can see food allergies where um, it's things that they eat that actually cause their skin to itch. And it seems kind of crazy, but it, that is the case um, in dogs. Um, so sometimes I'll put them on a hypoallergenic diet to help try to manage that itch. Um, but the big thing right now is if she's uncomfortable, and she's having a hard time, I'd want to stop that itch, um, check for fleas, get her on some anti-itch medication, and then probably even some medicated shampoo. But the the real big thing is we have to get a look at what's going on in that area. So I would see your veterinarian so they can sample that area and kind of get their eyeballs on it directly so we know which way we want to direct this because there's a lot of things we can do to help itching in dogs. Would this uh, dino bite do any good? You know, um, I'm not a particular fan of Dinovite. Um, <laughs> um, I think it has a lot of lofty um, uh, claims of what it can do. And uh, the only thing I really can say about that product is that um, it does have a fatty acid component in a multivitamin, which is a good thing in general. Um, but to tr- use that as a source of treatment for um, a medical problem on its own, I, I just can't get behind that solely. Um, I think if, if she's bothered so much with this area, we really need to examine the area um, kind of directly um, and that that's going to be the most most effective way that we can manage her itch um, you know I don't think a product like that's gonna hurt but I don't think that we should look to that to be our you know our source of a, the, the cure for your, your pet's problem now her food is I, I pretty much uh, give her uh, that moist and tender oh the uh, semi-moist stuff yes now, would that uh, okay. cause any problems? <laughs> Not that, uh, not that that food would directly cause a problem that would result in this, but um, some dogs, just like people, can be allergic to certain foodstuffs. Um, some animals can have a, a reaction or a skin reaction to with certain things. So, like, um, you know, like a person who might have a strawberry allergy, that particular food creates a change in their body. And for dogs, they can be allergic to things like corn, wheat, chicken, uh, rice, you name it. So it's not really the brand of the food, I would say, is the culprit, but maybe some particular ingredients that don't settle well with her. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say we might be able to switch that a little bit. Um, but I'm not going to blame your food. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. The new dog flu virus continues to make its way throughout the Midwest, and it's made more than 1,000 dogs sick. It's a strain of flu that experts say likely came from Asia. And since dogs here in the U.S. have never been exposed to it before, they have no immunity to it. The symptoms are very similar to the ones we get with the flu, coughing, nasal discharge, fever, and a loss of appetite. It's thought to be spread through nose-to-nose contact with other dogs, so dog guardians are warned to keep dogs on a leash and avoid dog parks if they're really 
really crowded, especially if your dog is very young or very old and may have a compromised immune system. Humans can't catch the dog flu. There is a vaccine for the previous strain, H3N8, but not for this new one called H3N2. A few drug companies are working on one, but it could be as long as six months before it's available. A warning about Dynamic Pet Products' real ham bone for dogs. A man in Salem, Oregon, Rodney Canute, says the product killed his dog, Teddy. He says he and his wife bought the ham bone at Walmart and that Teddy loved it and was having a great time gnawing and chewing on it. They took it away from him, though, when they saw part of the bone. Now, Teddy started throwing up a while later, and veterinarians found three big clumps of sharp shards of that bone in his intestinal tract. Dynamic Pet Products offered to pay for Teddy's cremation and vet bills, but Knut is still considering legal action. The Better Business Bureau says Dynamic Pet Products' real ham bone for dogs is suspected of killing or hurting nine dogs nationwide over the last six months, but it's still available at Walmart stores and on its website. The FDA says all bones are too dangerous for dogs. Both Dynamic Pet Products and Walmart say they are concerned about what's happening with the product and that they're investigating. Well, it seems like no matter how careful you are, pets can get into just about anything. A five-year-old Doberman named Mocha made it to the hospital just in time after she managed to get a drawer open and eat three wristwatches with leather straps. Mocha's x-rays show a bunch of watch gears, springs, and other tiny parts inside her stomach. Now, luckily, only a few pieces had started traveling through her digestive system, so vets were able to do an endoscopic procedure to get most of them out. The vet says a few pieces will have to come out on their own, but they're still small enough that they shouldn't cause any troubles. Mocha, well, she should be just fine. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's hero time on Animal Radio, and we go to the phones where we have Lynn Willett. She's joining us from Milwaukee, where she is a police dispatcher. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Splendid, especially now that I've heard your story. It just warms the cockles of my heart. 
You're a police dispatcher in uh, Milwaukee. You got a call one night. Tell us about this special call. Well, it was an unfortunate call about um, checking on a person who hadn't been heard from in several days. And when the officers went, they discovered that he had passed away. Mm. And one of the first things the officers asked for was animal control to come and pick up the German Shepherd that was there. Oh, Oh, so the dog was still there just hanging with him, huh? He had been in there with him for days and days. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so did you have to get animal control down there to pick up the dog? Sure. I called him and told him the situation and asked him to come pick him up. And then when after I went home, I just couldn't stop thinking about him. I thought, what's going to happen to that dog? Mm. That man loved that dog. Uh Uh-huh. And I kind of knew that there probably wasn't a lot of family because we had received several requests to check on the same person in the past, and the calls generally came from his pretty elderly mother. Mm. So I contacted her to find out if there was anyone that would be able to take the dog Mm -hmm. out of the pound, and um, she was so distraught about the dog she was worried and said where is he and is he okay and she was just so upset about where he was and i told her where he was and i asked if there was anyone else that could take him and she said no and i said well i'll go and you know find out what happens from here Mm -hmm. and when i went to the pound they pretty much said if there isn't any family to take him he after about seven days he gets put on the list for euthanasia and i felt so bad i thought just because his owner had passed away doesn't really necessarily mean he should die Mm -hmm. and i knew that he was a purebred german shepherd so i thought well a german shepherd rescue group wouldn't let him just go i i'll contact some rescue groups what's his name by the way i hate referring to him as just him i'm sorry sergeant roscoe sergeant roscoe roscoe. sergeant roscoe (laughs) although i think i mean after he was 10 at the time and i think he felt a little bit bad about um still being just a sergeant so (laughs) when he did end up coming home i did i promoted him to major oh good for you (laughs) (laughs) so you were Um, unable to find a german shepherd rescue or shelter that would take him he was 10 and he also had health problems he was on quite a bit of medication and they were telling me we need to take dogs that we can adopt out again we're not sanctuaries and then so but when i had called the mother back bob's mother to let her know that i was going to be working on it uh-huh. she said well you're bringing him to the funeral aren't you <laughs> and i said what what <laughs> and and she said well he has to be there he was bob's best friend he he must wow and i said well i'll see what i can do <laughs> and i called the pound and they said well you can't just pick him up and take him to the funeral and bring him back it's not like a library. (laughs) So I thought to ensure that nothing was going to happen to him in the meantime and to be able to bring him to the funeral, I went and filled out the adoption papers. But I thought I would would still work on trying to find some rescues because I had lost a dog not too long before that, and I didn't really feel ready for a dog. I just didn't want Sergeant Roscoe to die. Uh So I filled out the papers and went to pick him up and I had never met him before and I was in a room and 
they brought him in, and I was so nervous. I, I felt like I was going on a first date. I thought, <laughs> what if he doesn't like me? <sighs> but he just walked right in and looked me right in the face. Aww. And he and knew. I was like, he knew what he was there for because he pretty much just went up to the front of the room Aww. and laid down by the head of the coffin. Oh, wow. And was there the whole time. Wow. And I was just, when I got home, and then I had met Bob's mother, uh-huh. And she is just adorably sweet. She's just this tiny little, very sweet woman. And when I brought Roscoe home after the funeral, I, I was looking at him like, what is all over you? And I looked, and he had red lipstick marks all <laughs> over his head from where Virginia had kept kissing him. Well, so, did, didn't she want to take the dog at one point? She said she would take the dog, but she lived in a retirement home. And she's about four feet tall, maybe, and he's a 110-pound German Shepherd. And I wow. thought, there's no way they're going to allow him in your retirement home. Yeah. So then I kept working on trying to call rescues, and after a couple of days, I realized that there really probably wasn't going to be a place that would take him. Uh-huh. So I just looked at him, and he had been so good for me those first couple of days, such a sweet dog such a good boy and i thought well for as long as you have left you can just retire to my backyard oh i got goosebumps that what a wonderful story amazing that dog was so lucky to have you how long did uh, sergeant roscoe live or major roscoe live <laughs> thanks um he died on march 5th so i had him for about two and a half years well lynn thank uh, you so much is. for sharing that story that's with amazing. me today that's just a chance oh. encounter and look it really what happened. is look what you did for his life for him he did a lot for me too <laughs> <laughs> who was the hero there the dog might have been the hero it was a win-win situation for both of them i'll tell you that right now yeah you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh, taking the call. What's going on? Uh, just a quick question. Uh, my, I have a 10-year-old dog. She's got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just worried, wondering if that's something I need to check out. Yeah, now what kind of doggy? I'm sorry. She's a mutt from the pound, and I'm told okay. she's cowdy mix. Okay. And is the lump, is it on the inside of the eye, on the outside? What what uh, area coming it's in from the, the nose outside. to the side? On the outside. Okay. The the good majority of, t- of little masses along a dog's eyelid, they tend to be benign growths. Um, and of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. So that's by far the, the biggest uh, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, um, and sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a color, cauliflower-like growth off of them, and they can rub on the eye. So um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. And if you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of things. Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited if they're pigmented kind of a black color sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area um, like squamous cell carcinoma
carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, um, that, so that's my argument. So would they would they zap it off and, and test Sometimes. it? Or what would they yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs will fit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple things. We can, if it's root large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, a, an electrocautery. At my office, we have a laser that we use, and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface. So that technique can be used for some of the smaller um, or less serious ones. If we're worried that it's a more serious tumor, we're going to probably go for that V-wedge because we want to get nice, clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it. Thanks for the call, John. one 405 you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's talk to Dale. Hey, Dale, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you all doing today? Very good. How can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie right over here. Well, yes, hi. well, hi. I've got a, um, a boxer pup. It's about, oh, 15 months old. And some friends of ours is over, and they had an Akita puppy, and they were playing pretty rough. And the Akita puppy ran literally just ran right into the boxer pup and pushed him into a cabinet. And, uh, and they started favoring his front right leg for quite a while. And, um, you know, I, I laid him down and I kind of uh, felt his leg and checked to see if there was any fractures or anything that I could feel of. Couldn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, feel anything. And there was normal movement in an up and down, you know, in a normal position on the leg. So the next day we take him to the vet just to make sure there wasn't a, a, a simple fracture. They didn't show anything on the x-ray, but to this day, this was uh, um, several months back, and to this day, he'll favor the leg on occasion, but then when it's almost like when he's, uh, he just has a, a moment where he'll just he'll run and play like there's nothing wrong with it. I can't figure out why he keeps favoring it, and my vet can't figure it out either. Yeah, that is a bit of a strange um, presentation for a limping problem. And when you talk about a young dog, especially a young large breed dog, a couple things come to mind of types of growth problems that can occur and that can cause a a limping problem, especially an on-again, off-again problem. They're not always typically preceded by an injury, but there are some weird conditions. There's one called OCD and another called panosteitis, and they're they're common in young, uh, large-breed dogs, and they're a little bit harder to find because they're not really as obvious as a fracture. Um, so I might uh, say that in your situation, I would encourage maybe a follow-up x-ray and see if there's any changes between those. Um, see if we can see if there's some subtle change with the cartilage that maybe is sheared off, a defect, something that could explain that persistent pain. Because, yeah, if nothing's broken and he's a youngster, yeah, I'm, like, I can't make up any other real good reasons why he should be having a problem in that regard. Right. And I, I didn't know if it I might get... be like a bone bruise or something, you know, on a, on a green bone that's still growing. I didn't know if there could be such a thing like a bone bruise. 
Well, they can get bone uh, cysts and kind of like inclusion cysts inside the, the parts of the long bones. And that might not be something that was readily apparent the first time, you know, right after the injury. But it, that's where, like, shooting another x-ray at this point might be worthwhile to see. Because you can get changes like that um, in a bone after some kind of injury. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be the best thing I'd encourage it is to just take another peek at it. And then um, has your has your puppy been on any kind of pain relief? Did they prescribe an anti-inflammatory of any sort? Yeah, an anti-inflammatory. It's crazy because after we put him on the anti-inflammatory, you know, I mean, he still kind of favored it for a little while. But then, you know, he'd be laying down, and then the next thing we know, you know, he'll he'll see something, he'll jump up and run around like it's it's nothing, you know. So I don't know if it's, if, you know, it's like I uh, told my wife, it's, I wonder if he just, He's doing it for a sympathy trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say, never underestimate the power uh-huh. of adrenaline, uh-huh. especially in a young dog, because I, I have dogs come to my office, and they may be limping, not walking at home, and they come in, and their tail's wagging, and they're dancing around. So that once that adrenaline kicks in, boy, yeah, that limp can kind of fade away, and, uh, you know, they may be thinking about the rabbit they're chasing or, um, you know, the other fun on the other side of the door that they're going to have. Uh-huh. So. Can you actually train your dog to limp uh I mean, give them no seriously. Oh, sure, you I would could. think that if if they get uh, the the sympathy vote when they're limping, that they might actually do that. Even you know, maybe I could go to maybe I could go to Hollywood. We could. They might need a limping dog. <laughs> if we could get him a movie role. <laughs> there you go. He can earn his keep that way. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll uh, I'll take him back in and have another X ray X ray run and and uh, see if anything else shows up. I appreciate it. Thanks for the good work. Dale. All right. Thank you for, for the calling call. today. Yes, one eight six six. Oh, so do we. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If we can help you, Doctor Debbie is the animal radio vet. She, of course, is the animal radio vet. All of our animals are taken care of by Doctor Debbie. All those violin players can only mean one thing. It is time for Dog Father Joey Volani on Animal Radio. Groomer extraordinaire, a man of infinite wisdom. And he can tell you how to save and pinch a few pennies and while you're keeping your animals looking like Ladybug. Hold Lady up to, Ladybug up to the microphone so listeners can see just how beautiful she is. And smell. Yes. She smells so good and so shiny. Well, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, but the first thing I want to do is last week um, we talked about pets and sunburn. Oh, yeah. And one thing I brought up was zinc oxide. And it kind of um, sparked a little controversy that Uh-oh. I did a little bit more investigating. Um, our own Dr. Deb was um, against it. So I solicited um, five more veterinarians, and um, three were against it, and two were um, not against it. The two that weren't against it basically said that the amount that could cause problems would be a large amount. But here's my feeling on it. If everyone isn't on the same side, I would side to stay away from it um, because that obviously means that there's some sort of problems with using um, zinc oxide um, with pets that could be toxic. So you know what? Stay away from it. Just go out and buy the the good stuff. And you know this is one of those um, these are one of those areas that maybe we shouldn't penny pinch um, just to play play it safe. So you never know. Your dog will be the one that has a reaction. Yeah, I don't want to. Wouldn't want to be on. Joey Valani said so. 
Well, there you go. So a little retraction from last week. Well, on, on another note, now we have, um, I had a, a letter from a woman. Apparently she must be the cat lady in her town. Um, it's kind of sounds like, but where she's at, the cats must get under the car is what it sounds like, what the kittens do and, um, get full of grease on a regular base. Oh, yeah. And, um, she says it's kind of, um, unavoidable in her situation. Um, she's been using, um, Dawn dish detergent, um, to clean them, wants to know how safe it is because she is noticing now that the um, cats are having um, f- um, flakiness. Listen, Dawn dish detergent is good in a pinch. It's not something that I would want to use on a regular basis. Um, Dawn dish detergent, if, if I had grease on a pet, I would try to just spot clean it if I could. And if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't want to use it more than once every eight weeks because it's a degreaser, so it's going to suck at all the oils. You know, some people say, how often can I wash my pet? If you're using a good quality pet shampoo, which they make now, um, you can wash your pet every day. You're not going to have any problems. Now, people always ask me, you know, what do I recommend? So I don't usually like to say, but in this situation, I have a favorite. You You do? I have a favorite. It's called Coat Handler. Um, Coat Handler is my all-time favorite. You may have a problem finding it. You probably have to go through your professional to find it or at least have them order it um, because it is a professional quality product. If people come That's to you and favorite. say, will you get me product, you'll you'll do that for them, even though it takes business away from you? In this situation where someone has a problem that they have to keep up with, you know, I'd be more than happy to help. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, today, Joey Villani has a retraction. Is that correct? You're retracting something you said last week. Yes, I am. I have to talk to Dr. Deb and a few other veterinarians. Um, zinc oxide is not um, not what you thought safe. it was. I talked to we talked to five vets and basically they all said it's not the greatest thing. Two of them said in a pinch, but three vets said definitely not to use for um, for sun protection. And you know what? Until we're all on the same page here, I would stay away from it and uh, and not use it because the last thing you want is your pet to be um, to be um, poisoned by a product when you're trying to keep them safe. So let's keep them safe. That's what I like about this show is that, you know, if we, we find something different, we're very transparent. If we find we do the research and we find different results, we'll tell you just like that. Uh, Dr. Marty Becker is with us this hour. I believe we're going to be talking about laser therapy. Is that correct, Doc? Yeah, I, I, when I practice now, I have one in my pocket. A little, it looks like a taser. A like, laser? Uh, you carry one of these lasers in your pocket? Wow. Yeah. If you saw me on the street, you'd probably think uh, have second second thoughts if you were going to attack me because <laughs> it looks about the about the same size. But if I if I gave it to you, it'd probably make you go to sleep. Wow. I really pictured one of these things like a big X-ray machine or something like that. Uh, but apparently, well, this thing's can... about about the size of an iPhone six plus. Okay, laser wow. therapy on the way with Dr. Marty Becker. Let's go to your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, we go to line four. We have Tim on the phones. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Good. How are you all? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from uh, uh, Wikiwaki, Florida. Wikiwaki, Florida. Where is that? <laughs> that, is, uh, that is, well, they're well known for their mermaids. The mermaids? It's- yeah, it's just north of Tampa on the Nature Coast. You know what? We're about about fifty, we're about forty-five, fifty miles or so north of Tampa. I want to come visit. <laughs> Sounds like fun. All you have to say is mermaids. 
Come on down. We have a tale of a time. A tale of a time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, now what's going on with your animals? All right. I got this this dog. <laughs> um, he's a uh, he's a he's a year old, and he's a uh, his mama was a hundred percent boxer, okay. and, and then she got tagged by some neighborhood dog. We're not sure the people we got him off of. A friend of mine that uh, actually. Friend of my son's that he plays ball, plays football with. So, you know, he's a, he's a he's a decent looking dog. He's got a good, you know, he's got a good demeanor to him as far as he's nice. You know, he's, he's real laid back. Uh, well, he's not really actually laid back. That's that's a misquote. He is not as hyper as you would think he would be as a you know a full blooded, full on boxer, hundred percent. But mm-hmm. he's got that, you know, he's got that activity to him. You know, he loves to run and play with the other three year old uh, dog that we have. But man, I mean, he's got this this ism about him that he loves to dig trenches. I I, I want to think he's he's back with Snoopy and back in World War One and going up against the Red Baron. Except instead of flying his doghouse, all right, he you know he's he's on the ground. He's a trench dog, you know. He's a trench wow. dog. So he digs these trenches. I swear. And this dog's small. I mean. He's, uh, like I said, he's one year old. So he's, he's only, you know, he's only about a, probably about 18, 20, 22 inches tall, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think he's about done with the length of growing and, uh, you know, height and stuff. He's, he's kind of long, you know, he's pretty, pretty long, a little bit longer than, than he is tall. But okay. so- I just cannot, but I cannot break him. Of digging holes, so I don't know. Is there just some kind of magic solution? I wave a wand, and he's not, you know, digging uh, anymore. Or do I have to wait? Oh, if it was only that easy. But before we get into the how tos, I want to ask you: How does he spend his day? What what does is he inside, outside? Does he do both? Uh, that, yeah, that, that'll that'll help you out. No, he's an outside dog. Um, my my wife and you know she's allergic to dogs, as far as you know the dandruff and all that stuff. So no, they're outside dogs. Uh, they're, they are, because we live in a rural area and I have, we have two and a half acres for them to just have just a field day on and dig as many holes mm-hmm. as they want. Of course, I don't want it, but anyways, no, we have a lot of problems. We have, you know, like I said, two and a half acres mm-hmm. and, uh, it's down near Florida sand. So he's not digging through. I think maybe we need to move to Idaho or, or somewhere, you know, <laughs> Montana where we get some granite, you know, so he's not digging so well, you know? All right. Uh, well, let's get to yeah. it here, Tim, because... Because the reality is that when we talk about digging and excessive digging behaviors in dogs, the first thing we realize is that it is completely normal uh, dog behavior to dig holes. Um, it is part of right. what they do. It's part of what they enjoy. A lot of dogs just get enjoyment from it. So when we are trying to curb this behavior, we may not ever be able to stop it. But we're trying to find the appropriate situation where he can dig and and dissuade him from digging in those inappropriate situations. And I'll be honest, in a dog that has free reign outside in that kind of area, it is going to be very difficult to stop this behavior because the core ways that we deal with this are we... We're going to basically want to give an appropriate site for this digging and deter him from digging in those other areas, as well as giving supervision so it does not occur. So if he's outside and kind of going doing his own thing in this area, it's going to be very hard to provide that supervision that we need to to correct the behavior as it's happening. So 
the ways that we can try, um, so if there is a way to keep his environment, um, typically I would tell people to keep the dog indoors um, where you can supervise, and, and I understand if the allergies make that hard, but whether we provide a dog run, something where we do have a concrete or a different surface where digging behaviors cannot happen when he's in that area, and then teaching him basically to an appropriate digging site. And this is going to be something like um, you know, providing like a small doggy pool um, or a sandbox with a substrate like dirt or sand where we can encourage them to dig and re- we reward that behavior. So that might be something like you know putting a rawhide bone or a dog toy and burying it in that area. And then once he finds it by digging it out, you praise him, reward him, oh, good boy, and then you give him snacks, you give him treats. So you teach him that this is the place where this is going to happen, and then we're going to try to deter him from those other areas by keeping him confined. Um, you can try putting down deterrence. You know, you can put, like, chicken wire down below the ground. Um, some people will put uh, either slate rock or um, uh, some form of uh, flat concrete rocks along the areas where that might be occurring. But it's going to be very hard on two acres to provide enough deterrence in that whole realm. Um, the other thing we combine all this with is is providing more outlets for activity. So getting them out, going jogging, going running, playing uh, retrieving games, things to get the energy level out. Because a lot of times, let's face it, digging is a way how they pass how dogs pass the time. And when they're bored, it's something fun to do. So if we try to burn that energy candle down a little bit, that'll help to take some of that drive that might go into the digging behavior. Instead of instead of us, you know, giving them the TV remote for entertainment, we have to you know, do other things, you know, take him out jogging and stuff, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that's going to be good because I, he's, you know, you know what the other ear pain, it's, and it's frustrating, it's not just ear pain, but it's frustrating for me because I have, you know, trained several other dogs in, in, in their lives, you know, through, throughout my lifetime. And this one here, you know, he's probably, he's one of the smarter ones that I've had. And so mm-hmm. that makes it frustrating because it's like, dude, you're smarter than this. I've taught, you know, mm-hmm. talked to you and told you and, trained you and tried to deter you from this and yet you yeah. keep on doing it so yeah so i think if we jump up the energy level a little bit like you said you know take the tv remote away from him and take him <laughs> out and jog a little bit yeah no i think that's a good idea i think i'm seriously like getting him you know and, and working with him on the street on the leash and and training and you know uh social environments and stuff maybe take him to the beach or something like that as well Absolutely. Boy. You got it, Tim. And you sound invigorated, too. Yeah, I am. And then he does, too. And I, maybe I'll take him up and see the mermaids or something. I'll take him up there and, and show him the mermaid part. Hey, I want to come there and see the mermaids. You come down. All right, holler at me. You come down. We'll schedule a time. We'll all three go. That sounds good. Thank you so much for calling, Tim. I appreciate it. And hopefully that helps a little bit. Toll free, one 405 to reach out to our dream team. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Stella and Chewies. We thank you guys for underwriting Animal Radio. There's a food that knows how important it is to provide for educational programming like this. That's just the top of the iceberg right there. They just make a great food. Stella and Chewies. 
The lawn looks great. Man, it's so hot out there. <laughs> Do you want a beer? Uh, is that a twisted tea you're drinking? Oh, <laughs> it might be. So you like twisted tea? <laughs> Come on, tastes like real iced tea, doesn't it? It does taste like real iced tea. It goes down smooth. And twisted tea is refreshing. And it has that little kick. <laughs> I was wondering where all my twisted teas had been going. Okay, I might have taken one. <laughs> oh, right. Or a few. You just can't resist the refreshing taste of twisted tea. Real iced tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. When the leading antihistamine and Nasacort go nose-to-nose, Nasacort wins, stopping more of the chemical responses that can cause your nasal allergy symptoms. And when you stop more causes, you get 24-hour relief from sneezing, an itchy runny nose, even congestion. It's prescription-strength medicine available over-the-counter. Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Stops more of what makes you miserable. Uses directed. You've helped make Lumber Liquidators North America's largest specialty retailer of hardwood flooring. To say thanks, we've made unbelievable price cuts on top quality floors at our customer appreciation sale. It's your chance to get pre-finished hardwood for just 99 cents and hand-scraped acacia hardwood for $2.99. That's half of what you'd pay at other stores. Plus deals on 400 beautiful floors, including quality laminate from 49 cents and 24-month special financing. You trust our value. We value your trust. So get to the customer appreciation sale today. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. Hey, this is Josh DeMel on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget Dr. Debbie's books. Especially if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer. She has How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, and they are Kindle books available over at Amazon. Plus, we have links over at AnimalRadio.com. And if you happen to be heading through the Vegas area and you need a veterinarian, well, that's where she calls home, is Las Vegas. Quite a place to live with all kinds of strange and weird animals. That's just the two-legged animals there. Uh, <laughs> in just a couple of minutes. Our clients are different, definitely. Yes, i got to say that. They are very, very different. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking to Dr. Marty Becker, and he's going to be talking about laser therapy. I'm not really familiar with this. Are you? Do you use oh, laser? Yeah. yeah, we we use it all the time. What, uh, for what? Practice. Well, we use it for sometimes just after routine surgeries, just to help speed healing, decrease inflammation, um, wounds, say, uh, infections, bite wounds, um, dogs with arthritis, um, spinal problems. Wow. So there's a lot of applications. I did not know that. I did not know that. Uh, let's go to Carla. Hi, Carla. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? From San Luis Obispo, California. Oh, just right down the street, probably listening on KVEC. How can we help you? So I have a, um, a five-year-old Jack Russell ace, and um, I need to, I don't even know where to start. Where to, He has those few training abilities, but... I don't know. He's just His what abilities? I mean, he's trained a little bit. Okay. So he okay. He, he responds to a few um, treat-related commands. 
But as far as some of it, like whenever we have a guest over, I mean, he just says the jumping thing Ugh. where he mm, just okay. can't stop. And I don't really know where to begin to get him, you know, trained. Okay, when he... When he's jumping on people, um, what's his general, you know, ac- actions? What's his demeanor? Is he uh, wanting attention? Is he aggressive? Oh no, he's happy. Yeah, he's he's um, wants attention and he's he's really excited. It's, and do you have other dogs, or is it just him? No, just Ace. Alrighty. Well, um, in, is he neutered? Is he intact? He is intact. Okay. Okay. And um, do you have any unwanted sexual behaviors with this fella? Um, well, well, sure, yeah. Sometimes he starts the naughty stuff, you know, and um, so... What's he doing? Okay, you got to spill well, the beans yeah, here. you got to have full truth. Yeah, no, well, you know, he'll do like the humping on the leg and... On your really, legs or on... No, never to me. Um, and... On the guest legs? Um, sometimes, yeah, on the guest legs. Awkward. So, yeah, awkward. <laughs> but okay. you know, usually it's like if, you know, the guest, because I was saying, tell him no, but the guest will be a little, um, he'll be a little, or if, you know, the guest, you know, they won't want to be too demanding on my dog. And so, but he's pretty, mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty good at listening to my direction. Okay. All right. So if we're addressing uh, jumping, unwanted jumping as, as a behavioral problem, the first thing that, that I always like to point out is it's always better to avoid this behavior from starting in the first place. So when we have puppies and they're all excited, they, we want to hug them and snuggle them, we let them jump up on our legs. So we need to know that as a young pup, this is a behavior we don't want to mistakenly encourage um, because, we, of course, we enjoy seeing our dogs and we want them to come by us and we like giving them a, that positive attention. But if we don't reward jumping behaviors with love and affection in the first place, then it helps to not perpetuate that behavior. And that's a lot of times where it starts off, where, you know, we just enjoy our dogs and we want to cuddle with them and we don't know that we're actually making this a uh, problem. And when people come into the home, we can't expect them to discipline our dogs. That's not their job. So it comes back to kind of core one of um, doggy obedience and just kind of following good leadership skills in the home. So when we have jumping, it's it's more than we used to say, oh, you know, you would knee them in the chest or yell at them and push them away. You know, there are all these different techniques to try to get a dog to stop jumping and we find now that that kind of approach is less um, useful and it actually can be counterproductive and sometimes it'll get the dog more anxious um, you know and they don't respond to that because it's like a little kid that's you know acting up and mom yells at them and they get that attention that they wanted Ooh, now I'm getting you know some kind of attention I could care less if mom's yelling at me I'm just yay I'm getting attention and that's how they respond to those negative corrections so we try to steer away from the nose the off the downs, yelling like that, and really looking for what you want to teach your dog in that situation when he's doing that embarrassing jumping up kind of behavior. What do you want him to do? Do you want him to sit? Do you want him to have a pillow place? What do you want your dog to do in that situation? Well, I don't think anyone minds if they just come up, say hi, sniffle, and then they go they go away to their, you know. Okay. 
And that's going to be very hard for your dog to understand because you're having trouble right. conveying that. So right. in know, general, what we want help. what we want to do is we want to teach our dog something to do in place of that jumping behavior. And it has to be something that's um, it's very clear. You know, you can't say, you can come up to the person, but you can sniff them, but, but not jump because he doesn't understand that, that delineation right now. So what generally we'll ask you to do is to teach your dog to go to a place, um, you know, have a pillow near the door. And this will be useful also for dogs that tend to go running to the front door when the doorbell goes um, off. So you give them a place and you reward them to go to that place. And it may be as simple as sitting on a pillow uh, or doing a down on a pillow. And then you reward that behavior when nobody's in the house, you don't have any visitors, and you really work on positive reinforcement for him going to that place. And then you kind of work on that when we have a little bit more excitement or maybe a visitor coming to the door. And use this in conjunction with having like a long line on him, like basically a long training leash. And and um, many folks with dogs that have problem jumping find some help from uh, the gentle leader style harness, you know, the head halter type uh, thing. Okay. And that can be very um, useful to um, help control the dog's head movements without having them jumping up. And um, uh, it just gives them kind of a natural correction on the pressure points in their, in their muzzle and uh, on their head. So you use that, and then you can kind of control that unwanted behavior, reward him when he does what he want, when you want him to, when he does what you want him to do on the pillow, and then um, you really work on that. He he responds well to reward. Mm-hmm. Good, so good. You door, and he'll run to the grass and he'll you know go potty, and then if I just say biscuit, he'll come right back to me, and he'll spit. Okay. And so we've got rewards down. So then okay. let's say I come home from work and he's really excited. He's been alone all day and we keep him in, um, you know, a place where he can go inside and outside. It's a little, it's a little room, but he can also can go outside. And so when he comes and jumps on me, you're saying, I should have a place like a little pillow and just say, okay, sit there and then. Eventually. Right. And, and when you come home, you know, a lot of times dogs get very amped up. They're very anxious. You don't need to perpetuate that and you don't need to kind of encourage him to get worked up because that's going to invite yeah. him to jump up on you. So what right. you want to do when you come home is when you greet your dog, before you give him any attention, he gets into a sit. You tell him to get into a sit or a down position, and then you pet him. And that helps to just kind of teach him that mama's going to pay attention to me only when I'm in a calm position, and that you don't give him any attention, even negative, if he's jumping up on you. I deal with this with my, my Bouvier sometimes, and sometimes she'll want to jump up. And, you know, when you have 80 pounds jumping at you, that can be a real, <laughs> real impending problem. So a lot of times I'll just turn my body completely in a different direction from her. I'm not giving her any attention when she no, does I that. And like that. I just kind of um, avert the disaster, if you will. And then I ask her to get into a sit or a down, and then I reward her. And then she can come over and I'll pat her. Um, so that's that's really taking control of um, of. The, the tone of your greeting and how you want to interact with your dog. And then when you have visitors over, you can ask them to help support your training methods, but you can't, you know, you got to do the, the footwork first, and then you can bring them in on the game. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animal. 
Animals are people too. In Cincinnati, a lucky seven-year-old girl won an eight-pound lobster in a local supermarket raffle. But the lobster was really the lucky one. Miranda Hutchins was determined to win Bubba the lobster so she could set him free. Easier said than done. After winning, Miranda's family called and emailed zoos and aquariums, but none of them wanted Bubba. Finally, Mike Britson from the Columbus Zoo contacted a diver in Maine who agreed to find Bubba a home in the Atlantic. Miranda's family spent two hundred and eighty dollars to send Bubba to Maine in a foam container. Bubba should be safe from the dinner plate in Maine waters, where lobsters his size are illegal to catch and keep. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, anybody who has a dog knows they will pretty much chew on anything they can get a hold of. But this story underscores how careful we need to be around them. Luna, a two-year-old golden retriever in Glenwood City, Wisconsin, somehow got a hold of pieces of gum containing xylitol. She suffered severe liver damage and had to be euthanized. Luna had found a pack of icebreaker lemon-flavored gum and chewed it open. Now, xylitol is found in all sorts of things, including sugar-free gum, sugar-free vitamins, toothpaste, dental floss, nasal sprays, and even in some baked goods. If a dog gets even as little as you'd find in a couple of pieces of gum, it can result in severe hypoglycemia, causing a life-threatening drop in blood sugar and liver failure. It's another reason to check the ingredients on the things you buy and keep ones that can be dangerous out of the reach of your pets. Well, a pet could be just what the doctor ordered if you're trying to deal with stress. Now, even fish can have a positive effect on people being able to relax and calm down, which is why so many doctor's offices have fish tanks. I had never thought of that. Many studies are backing up the beneficial effects of being around animals and their ability to lower heart rate and blood pressure. In one study, children with autism showed a 43% reduction in anxiety when they had a pet guinea pig in the classroom. In a study detailed in Science Magazine recently, researchers found that dog guardians' brains received a dose of the love hormone oxytocin when they stared into their pet's eyes. This response may be part of why being around animals makes most of us feel so good. Another big factor may be that animals, unlike people, don't judge us. Okay, this is brilliant. A pet store in Brazil teamed up with local shelters recently and secretly put rescue animals in place of the pricey purebred animals it usually sells, and even better, offered them free to anyone who fell in love with them. People shopping for a pet had no idea that the animals they were looking at were homeless, and they were shocked when they found out that they could take them home at no cost. Customers quickly began to realize that there is no difference between a purebred animal and a rescue animal. The pet store says that's the message it was trying to get across, that what really matters when adopting a pet is the love that the person feels for it. doesn't matter if the pet has a pedigree or not, or if it costs $3,000 or nothing at all. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com.
Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We've just been informed that Animal Radio veterinary correspondent Dr. Marty Becker has just adopted a chihuahua. And just this is about the last thing that we could expect because he's he's an outdoor kind of guy. He likes the big dogs. Uh, you know, I can't picture him with a chihuahua. But apparently it's making itself at home with you now. Well, you know what his nickname is, is Sid. Sid? As in Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. I was going to say Sid Vicious. <laughs> Sid Vicious, man. He's a yipper snapper. He's uh, 1.7 pounds and... Oh my one point seven pounds. pounds. Oh, you got to yeah. send pictures. Purse is heavier than that. Yes, you got to <laughs> send pictures. We want to see some pictures. Well, Doctor Devil, no, you know we don't see. We, I hadn't seen a case of distemper in thirty years. Oh, and, is this uh, how you got to know? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah, this is this is a distemper survivor. I don't think he's going to have any of the neurologic signs. It doesn't look like, but. There's an outbreak in northern Idaho. There's also an outbreak in the Seattle area. And, and just like measles, when the herd, what they call the herd immunity drops, then you start seeing the population at risk. And it just breaks my heart to know distemper. You know, we recommended in the five-way or seven-way vaccine, but because uh, fewer and fewer people are getting it, you'll have these outbreaks. And, and a guy today asked me, he came with UPS, and he said, that's a dog that was in the paper. And I said, yeah. And he goes, is it as bad as Parvo? And I said, oh, worse, way worse. And he's like, worse than Parvo? <laughs> I had a Parvo survivor. So, How often do they need to get these shots over and over the distance? Well, here, here's in general. In, it always depends now on... We used to give them like a, like a, a trained monkey could give vaccines years ago. It uh-huh. was the same. Everybody got the same vaccine every year. And now it's based on the species, the breed, the current age, the lifestyle, and any emerging risks in the community. So for this little guy, I'll get a set of three shots. And then he'll last one about 16 weeks. And then usually what we do is we boost some about a year of age in about another year. And then about every three years thereafter. Now, and, and Dr. Deb's probably talked about this, you can do vaccine titers. The price has come down a lot, but you can't let this immunity drop. This happened years ago in Finland where they had stopped kind of giving vaccines. The herd immunity dropped, and here came distemper, roared in. And kind of like what happened in 1980 with Parvo, there were tens of thousands of dogs died of distemper. So we don't want that to happen here. No, absolutely not. Well, that's not why I have you here today. I wanted to talk about this laser therapy, which it seems to be all the rage now. And you, you actually have in your pocket today one of these laser therapy devices, which is about the size of an iPhone. What do you use them for? Yeah, I'll tell you, I've been a proponent of laser early on. I've never used a laser, a cutting laser. So some of my surgeon friends use a laser that's actually in place of a scalpel. 
uh, so you can use a cutting laser. There's other lasers called a class four laser, and they're they're a, a hot laser, a warm laser. But these these carts tend to be big. They tend to be something that's on wheels that has a kind of a large large cord and head on it. Uh-huh. And you use those for you can use them for arthritis. You can use them for wounds that won't heal. You can use it post surgically on instead of getting that swelling on the stitches, the redness, the swelling. Uh, you can use it for edema, like after a dental procedure. This one I'm using, been using lately, is a class two laser. It's a cold laser, so you don't have to wear eye protection. Be as, be careful with uh, with the eye protection with it. But here's the crazy thing: I was actually down in California this weekend, and I had a dog come in that was in a lot of pain from it was a Shih Tzu cross that had been mauled by a pit bull in a lot of pain. I just took this laser. It's called Erconia, E-R-C-H-O-N-I-A. Uh-huh. So, so I took the laser, and it, it's the only. They have a patent on projecting a laser in, in two parallel beams. So it looks like, you know, depending on how close you have it to the source, it can be two inches long those two parallel beams, or it can be twenty feet long. But mm-hmm. I just put put it on that dog's back, and within about two or three minutes, all that pain subsided. So the, wow. the shivering, shaking had subsided, and and this gets even better. We had a a large police dog commit, 140-pound German Shepherd, supposed to be muzzled by its owner, which is also the officer. Last time it was seen for perianal fistulas, which is a really painful condition in the rear of the dog. It took three people to hold the dog down in lateral recumbency to check its anus. So this time I said, let's don't muzzle a dog. Let's give the dog a lot of treats. Let's do a fear-free visit. So mm. had the pheromones, played the music, hit him with the laser, and... Uh, we were able to do it with the officer just holding him in the head. I was giving him uh, easy cheese, smoked cheddar, and bacon <laughs> flavor, and uh, a veterinarian and a technician on the back. But here's the thing Dr. Deb's going to love. We look back in the chart. This dog's been seen there for three years. Its resting heart rate was always in the 138 to 145 range. Its resting heart rate on Saturday, using the laser, was 84. Wow. Wow. So it's neat that you can use it to calm, to treat pain, to uh, overstimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and cause this flood of endorphins. I had a cat, and I'll, I'll end with this story. There was a cat there, that 15-year-old cat, and it's normally the cats do three things. They fight, they take flight, or they freeze. And vets in the past have just loved cats that froze. You're like, why can't they all just freeze like this, not knowing that they're scared to death and think if they don't move, nobody will see them. But he normally would just fly around the room and then get in a hidden corner and twitch his tail, ready to protect himself. And I hit him with the the laser, and uh, and then I put a product called Clipnosis on him. And Clipnosis is uh, developed at the Ohio State University's College of Veterinary Medicine to mimic what a mother cat the queen does when he picks up kittens the cat just laid down on the table started kneading with his paws and purring wow, wow. And, he, and he's like what did you just do to this cat and it just it's just neat there's these tools and you can see it i mean you can literally see it right before your eyes see that cat calm down see that dog calm down see that swelling go down we have a class four laser so we use it for just about anything from feather picking birds to post-surgery um uh, orthopedic injury, cruciate ligament rupture, um, just you name it. <laughs> really, it has a wide uh, variety of applications. Well, I'm just so amazed at all this new technology. Dr. Marty Becker, if there's something brand new in the market, you're the guy that's going to bring it to us. I can hey, if, if I get mauled up here by this 1.7-pound chihuahua, you guys have blood <laughs> on your hands. <laughs> 
Animal Radio is underwritten by those fine folks at Company of Animals. You can train your dog to do more in a secure but free way with that uh, Clicks 32-foot recall line I just learned about today. That's awesome. It is made by the Company of Animals and uh, using the recall line, it allows you to train your dog under control, but you know, in a seemingly free way for them. They don't know that they're being controlled. <laughs> it's ideal for controlled socialization of puppies and, you know, for aggressive dogs. And you can find out more over at Company of Animals.us. Hi, John. I have a question about my Maltese. Okay, what do you got going on there? Well, he's eight years old. I've had him since he was, you know, basically a new, pretty much a newborn. Lately, he's been, like, biting. He bites me and he bites other people. Uh, he used to be so well-trained that when I would uh, want him to go into his uh, cage, I could just click my fingers and point, and he'd go right in, no problem. About four oh, months ago, we got another puppy. We got a half uh, Shih Tzu and half Maltese, and at first he would have nothing to do with the puppy. And now they're just best of friends. I mean, they play, but he won't bite that puppy. But he has bitten me just two weeks ago. He bit me, I mean, deep into my fingers. Uh, when mm-hmm. I came home, he's all excited to see me. I picked him up, pet him for a while, and then, boom, he, he just, for no reason, he lashes out. Okay. Now, in, is there ever any kind of context? Is there food around? Is the other dog around when these things are happening? No, there doesn't have to be. And my fiance, she's been here, like, she'll get up to go in another room, and uh, she really loves him, and he'll just take off and bite her on the heel. Yeah. And um, as far as for the other dog, um, how how is that dog in the home? Is there any kind of, uh, there's no kind of aggression issues between the two doggies? No, they, the two doggies, I mean, they just play wonderfully, and he never bites the puppy. He was biting before we had the puppy. He was, okay. Yeah, I was he gonna was biting that. before we had the puppy. All right. Well, there's definitely, you know, if we're not dealing with something where he's showing protective behaviors for this new little fella, then for a dog that's never really had this behavior and we start to develop this later on in life, I really want to go the medical route here and and look for some common causes of for a pet kind of lashing out with intermittent aggression, if you will. Um, So I I really would look hard and fast at some orthopedic problems. And sometimes we'll look at things along the back, um, like a disc disease, because it can be an intermittent type thing. And sometimes it could be, you know, either positional. So so when you like pick them up, it may be fine on, you know, nine out of 10 occasions. But on that one occasion, if something just kind of pinches in the wrong way with very minimal activity, that could elicit a kind of a aggressive bout. And, you know, it might not be you so much that he's turning to, but you're just, you know, involved with the painful experience. I will make it a point with the vet and get him in this week, then that sounds good. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. There are so many ways to stay in touch with Animal Radio during the week. We hope you, uh, we hope you're with us during the week and not just on the weekends. Of course, the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android is a great way to stay in touch with us and it's a free download and it has so much information, so many resources, uh, even has brand new news features which uh, have all the recalls, any important information that may be critical to you and your pet, as well as you can listen to the show. Uh, the other thing is, is we encourage you to visit us over on Facebook page. On Wednesdays, we have our Wacky Wednesday. What is that? Well, you upload those wacky Wednesday pictures of you and your pet, or just your pet, and the one with the most likes and shares by the end of the day picks up big-time prizes. We've worked with some great sponsors to get to procure some amazing items for you. <laughs> what, what do you have? 
Well, I, this is just great. It's perfect time for the spring. We have from Insect Shield for Pets, mm. we have a repellent bandana. A bandana that's a repellent. Yes. So what they've done is they've infused this bandana Ooh. with permethrin, which is an insect yep. repellent. So you just tie the bandana around your dog's neck, and it just automatically repels pets. And this is good for up to 70 it, washing. It, you mean pests. Pests. It repels pests. Repels pests. Okay. On your pets. Okay. Yes. And this, you can wash it up to 70 times, and it's still effective. I wonder if I could wear it just around my neck. Well, they actually have clothing line for people, too. They have clothing oh, and wow. stuff that you can wear. But this is made for pets, and it's a bandana that would be great all summer long. Okay. The insect shield bandana could be yours for your pictures, your Wacky Wednesday pictures over at our Facebook page at Animal Radio. Hey, Karen, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good. Where are you today? I'm in Wyoming right now. Lovely Wyoming. How can we help you? Um, I have a Minton. It's four years old, female. She's fixed. Um, she gets, we drive truck, and she gets really aggressive when we try to get out of the truck at the same time. If one of us stays in the truck, she's fine. Um, we've tried cage training her or crate training her. Um, we bought one of those portable the nylon ones, and she ate it. Um, oh, the other geez. one, she chewed it on it so bad that she made her face bloody. Mm. Okay. And I was kind of wondering if there's, you have any suggestions on how we can get her to settle down. I'm thinking it's an anxiety thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what does she do if if you both are actually exiting the cab? What what does she do? She, like, attacks the windows and growls and, and scratches at it and... And if you open the door to tell her to stop it, then she growls at you and, and snaps at you. And Oh, my. Okay. Now, what does she do if uh, an outsider comes up to the window when you are already away? Do you know what how she behaves? The same way. Well, as far as I would say that the, the challenge we have here is we could have kind of a crossover, a couple different behaviors going on. One would be that, because especially she hates it when you both are leaving, this could be some form of separation anxiety. And separation anxiety is basically a dog's inability to cope with the emotional aspect of their people leaving. And that certainly could be part of this. Now, the ways that we could cope with that would be we need to teach her independence, and sometimes with separation anxiety, the, the first instinct is we use crates or we use kennels. In some dogs, that can be counterproductive. And it sounds like in her case, she just got worse. She's chewing. She's more destructive. So we'd really be looking for something more to teach her that independence. And what I like to do for dogs that do this is I teach them a favored sit and calm spot. It basically is a way to teach her that this is your private spot. This is where you sit and you behave and you're good and you get rewarded for that. Getting from ground one to that point takes time, but you can do it with positive reinforcement in gradual increments. So basically, the concept is you have a special spot, her dog bed, her little blankie, certain area, and when you want to leave, that's the area we're going to want to train her to. So what your job is while you're driving truck or even not, we want to practice this, and we want her to go to that area on command sit, reward her, give her a loving treat, a lot of attention, and you keep that keep that um, pattern up. You keep repeating it. 
we don't want to do that right off the bat and leave because then we don't we haven't actually taught her anything. We're just expecting her to jump to to college level school and she's still in in uh, elementary school there. Um, but with time, you teach her to this spot that this is her spot. It's a good spot. It's a calm spot, and you reward her for that behavior. And then also when you come back. We have to remember we don't want to get her all excited. Dogs with separation anxiety have problems when we leave, but we can make it worse when we return if we say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's so good to see you. Because you're making them more anxious, and you're teaching them that pattern of anxiety when you come or go. So that would be some of the work that I'd have you start working towards right now, and it will take some time. The other thing would be in the aspect of her having possible aggression or protective behaviors for her cab. And that's certainly something that's going to be hard because we can't control when people come by the, the cab or what have you. So you want to work on this basic behavior training to this calm spot, and then you can work and test that eventually with people walking near the cab. So it, it will be some work, and um, it's a little bit challenging. This kind of aspect of behavior medicine, when we have folks that drive truck, it, it's a little bit harder because your world is smaller, and you don't have as much room to work with, say, as in a home environment. So that that will be a bit of a challenge for you, and I will be honest with that, Karen. Yeah, because we've had her since she was six weeks old, and she's mm-hmm. with us all the time. I mean, we can't and, we can't leave any place because we've left her at my in-laws' house. And she actually climbed their fence and ran home. Yeah. And, you know, that is it's, it's a common problem that we love our dogs and we want them with us all the time. But in some dogs, that constant attention, they don't learn how to be an independent creature. And that's the one thing. If you have puppies out there right now, we want to teach a dog to be independent. So you want to teach them to have that private spot. Sit down, stay here, play with your toy, or preferably even kennel training because it really can make it them so much more adaptable as they get older and hopefully to prevent these kind of problems like Karen's having here. So good luck with that, Karen. See how that goes along and uh, give your baby a pat on the head here from all of us at Animal Radio. Well, that's all we have time for today, except, well, I forgot this story here. I guess it's, I can do it really fast. It's about Giggles. Giggles in Flint, Michigan. Giggles is a pig, and apparently he's running for mayor in Flint, Michigan. And uh, his oh, platform? Yeah, I know. His platform, he, he's encouraging residents to demand more to question their choices. So okay. I'll leave you with Giggles okay. the Pig there. It makes me giggle. Be sure to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry and join us during the week. Anytime you can ask your questions directly from the app. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye. Oink, oink. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.